0: Hey there, welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Before we get going, you can sign up for a subscription to my writing site at grantwall.com. I've got big magazine stories out now for my reporting trips to Leeds United, and very soon, the one where I interview migrant workers on my trip to Qatar. So subscribe now and help me continue doing cool stuff like this. That's grantwall.com. I am flying solo this episode with Chris Whittingham away celebrating his 30th birthday. Happy birthday, Chris. I hope it has been a great one. Uh, So this is going to be a monologue on the weekend that was in soccer. Stick with me for a little while here. There was a big rivalry game set for Monday. So we're recording this on Sunday. Big rivalry game of the weekend in the Premier League is Monday between Manchester United and Liverpool. But there was a huge result from a red, white, and blue perspective on Sunday. And I'll just say it. Leeds United 3, Chelsea 0. Tremendous performance from Jesse Marsh's Leeds United, Team America, America's team in the Premier League. If you want to read all about them, go to grantwall.com. I just... Had a 5,000 word story with interviews with Marsh, Aronson, Adams about how they're approaching this season at Leeds United. And frankly, Leeds United should be on nine points after three games instead of seven. It, you know, you really don't want to complain when you just beat Chelsea 3 0 in a statement making win for Jesse Marsh's Leeds United. But if Leeds had not frittered away a two nil lead in the 70 something minute last week at Southampton uh, ended up with a two, two tie. They'd be on nine points and there's only one team on nine points in the premier league after three games. And that is Arsenal, which is kind of wild, especially compared to the way they started the opening three games last season, 0.0 goals. And even man city dropped points on Sunday. I'll talk about that in a second uh 3-3 wild game at newcastle against man city but let's talk here about leeds united three chelsea nil because it's a crazy situation when christian pulisic plays in the game doesn't start as he doesn't seem to lately for thomas tuchel's team but pulisic probably the fourth most talked about american uh in this one because brendan aronson continues his rocket ride up in importance in the Premier League, scores the opening goal for Leeds United off a a very Leeds, very Jesse Marsh-type play where Aronson actually had lost possession and I think was sort of frustrated with himself and decides to rush Edward Mendy, the Chelsea goalkeeper who was on the ball in one of those just very sort of hopeful-type situations, and Brendan Aronson actually picks his pocket and scores. It's one of the most embarrassing things that can happen to a keeper. I'm not quite sure why Mendy decided he wanted to play it, but he tried. Aronson got the ball and then even did a no-look thing (laughs) I kind of loved as he was tapping it over the line for the goal. Medford, Messi... Gets officially his first goal in the Premier League. Remember, he did not get credit for that own goal in match day one. And that really got Leeds United going. And another set-piece goal for Leeds. Jesse Marsh is great at preparing his teams for set-pieces. They spend so much time on them in training. And Rodrigo scores again off off a corner kick. His fourth goal of the Premier League season... And he's at the top of the scoring charts over there. And really important work by Rodrigo in these opening weeks because Patrick Bamford's hurt, out. Even before Bamford got hurt, Leeds was saying they needed to buy a striker. Hasn't happened yet. And Rodrigo just off to a tremendous start to the season. He makes it 2-0. And then in the second half... Former MLSer, honorary American, went to high school and college here in the United States, obviously played for NYCFC. Jack Harrison makes it 3-0 for Leeds United. And there were even moments when Leeds could have scored more and, and weren't able to. But convincing statement victory. And Tyler Adams, I think I, the phrasing I used was sneaky phenomenal. In this game because Aronson's gonna get a lot of discussion obviously for what he did but Tyler Adams was everywhere on the field in this game winning balls creating problems for Chelsea being in the way and Adams is so so smart at where he positions himself on the field when he decides to make challenges there was a play in the second half When Leeds had a a set piece opportunity on goal, nothing came out of it. And Chelsea wanted to break and Raheem Sterling's on the ball and he's got room to break into and Tyler Adams could have taken a yellow card. Probably would have been a good situation for him to take a yellow card, but an even better situation is when you can win the ball and not even foul Raheem Sterling. And that's what Tyler Adams did. And so... So many great moments. This was at Elland Road, Leeds United's venerable ground, and Jesse Marsh's style of pure energy football resonates with the history of Leeds United and what those fans are looking for. It's how Marcelo Bielsa's teams played. It's all-out effort all the time. And very clearly now, Brendan Aronson has won them over. Tyler Adams has won them over. These are folks who applaud loudly for breaking you know, up, up, up a play. They love Tyler Adams. And they love Jesse Marsh. And it was really cool to see after this game, after this 3-0 win over Chelsea, the Americans and Marsh uh, enjoying that with their fans at Ellen Road. Probably the biggest win of Jesse Marsh's coaching career. You could certainly argue for... The win against Brentford on the final day of the season that kept, or kept Leeds up. The stakes were higher that day. The pressure was certainly higher that day. But this win over Chelsea, as Marsh noted in his postgame interviews, Leeds didn't take a point off any of the top six last season. Not one. To get three points against Chelsea early in the season is huge. And to do it convincingly to deserve the win. And by the way, to have a clean sheet. Because this Leeds team was just leaking goals like crazy under Bielsa. And so even when Marsh came in and the results were a little up and down, and they were worried about being relegated, I get it. But you could tell from the start that they weren't conceding as many goals. And that's just gotten better. Which is kind of impressive when you think about... They don't have a left back yet that they really they want to get a left back in this transfer window. And at times, I love Rasmus, uh, the right back they brought from Salzburg. But sometimes he vacates space <laughs> and it can get kind of rough. Um, and so, and Chelsea nearly scored on a play like that right at, off the opening kickoff almost, first minute of the game. And so, not conceding a ton of goals, important for Leeds United because there were some 6-0 games under Bielsa late in his tenure, 4-0. Just really bad situations in that man-marking system where his players were at wit's end. And so Jesse Marsh has restored confidence, which I think is also very big. And I will say this, that I've heard a lot of people, media folks, say how difficult it is for Jesse Marsh to replace a legend like Marcelo Bielsa. And On the face of it, I get it, but I would argue that replacing Julian Nagelsmann at Leipzig last year was actually much harder for Marsh in many ways on a day-to-day basis than replacing Bielsa, and I say that because of how his players are responding to him, or in the case of Leipzig, not responding, because it was much harder for Marsh coming in for Nagelsmann to get the Leipzig players, to buy into what Marsh wanted to do, which is pure energy, pure Red Bull system. It's not possession, really. And so the Leipzig players who had played under a possession-style coach like Nagelsmann never really embraced it, never accepted it, didn't want it. And it was a big part of why Marsh and Leipzig didn't work out. Whereas when Marsh comes to Leeds United, those players wanted someone like him to come in from a playing style perspective. They were toast after everything with So That's partly due to injuries, partly due to the man marking system, partly due to utter exhaustion. It was not sustainable. Jesse Marsh plays a high energy style, but it is sustainable. His teams don't die toward the end of the season. And so these Leeds players have bought into what Jesse Marsh is selling. And that's why it's a good fit so far. That's why they're getting good results. That's why with a preseason and some new players, Marsh has had success so far with Leeds. It's just a better situation overall than at Leipzig. Read my story too, because there's a lot more detail about this in my story on grantwall.com. Another American figure was part of this game. Obviously we mentioned Christian Pulisic comes on as a substitute, doesn't make much of an impact. It's already 3-0. And I love Christian Pulisic's game. I'm bummed out for him uh, in the situation he finds himself in at Chelsea. I think it's one of those things where, and he alluded to it in the interview that Pulisic did preseason, even with um, Hurt Gomez for ESPN, that there's a sense that Tuchel still sees Pulisic like the 17-year-old that Tuchel had at Dortmund. And quite a few years have passed. Christian Polisic is not a 17-year-old anymore. And this happens in different walks of life. I remember at Sports Illustrated, I started out as an entry-level fact-checker, not a writer. And there were at least a few editors there over the years, not everyone, who, as I became a full-time writer, still viewed me as that entry-level fact-checker. And it's that can be hard, especially when in Tuchel's case, he's he's got the control over how much Polisic's going to play, whether he's going to get an opportunity or not. And I do think Christian Polisic needs to move during this window. I think he needs to be playing so that he can give his best for the United States at the World Cup. I don't know exactly where that might be. I don't know if Chelsea... Would like to move him to a league in a country outside of England it sounds like it might be a loan not a sale which kind of makes sense you know we heard stuff even this week like loan to Manchester United loan to Newcastle I would kind of like Christian Pulisic to go on loan to Leeds United I don't think he'd mind that either not sure how possible that is but man that would be cool and I just want to see Christian Pulisic Have joy playing the game again because he's a a very talented player and I'm sort of bummed out for him at this point And and he was sort of a peripheral figure to be honest today, it was kind of nice to see him talk after the game with Aronson and Adams Adams had actually told me when I visited and interviewed him recently that he had gone uh, at one point a couple years ago when Adams was injured with Leipzig to visit Christian Pulisic at Chelsea and spent some time with him. And it was part of what got Adams excited about coming to England at some point, that stay with Pulisic. It's really cool how these guys all genuinely like each other. They're like really good friends. Other stuff, there were other results this weekend that that were important. Newcastle three, Man City three. City is human, City drops points. Though it was still impressive to come back from Newcastle being up 3-1 in this game. And City got two goals. Erling Haaland again. But just as we've seen Liverpool drop points uh, the first couple match days, here we are seeing uh, City drop points. And so if you want to see a title race, you probably, and you're a neutral, you probably want to see City drop points every once in a while. I love watching City play, by the way. They're great. Uh, But really impressed by Newcastle in the sports-washing derby. Miguel Almiron getting a goal to make it 1-1 for Newcastle. Good day for former MLS players, if you include Jack Harrison. But uh, Miguel Almiron was dangerous at various points in this game. Alan St. Maximin is just fun to watch. Had a big impact on the game. Um, Newcastle's interesting. They should be. they got a lot of money now, but i um, curious to see how they end up doing. Today was a good result for them against City, the champions. And then I mentioned Arsenal. Arsenal is perfect after three match days, but I do think it is important, and I'm enjoying watching the Arsenal all or nothing. I really like Mikel Arteta as a person. And that was a tough season. They followed Arsenal, especially a tough start to the season last year. And... Clearly, this Arsenal team is better, and they've taken a step up. I do think it's important to point out they've beaten Bournemouth, Leicester, and Crystal Palace. Bournemouth and Leicester, I don't think, are good teams this season. Uh, Leicester, somewhat surprisingly so. And Crystal Palace is a pretty good team. Uh, I like what Patrick Vieira is doing there. So Arsenal getting a win at Palace on the opening match day, I thought, was that's nice. But when you look at the Arsenal schedule, you could argue that Arsenal does not have a tough opponent until October 1st. And that's when they host archrival Spurs. They do play Man United in that uh, before then, but Man United's in 20th place as I speak and record this. So I like Mikel Arteta. I like what's happening with Arsenal. I do think it is worth pointing out that their schedule is pretty favorable to start the season. You could argue that with Leeds United a little bit too. Not complaining, just pointing out. And then looking ahead to Monday, the, the Man United-Liverpool game is going to be really interesting. You've got a Man United team in absolute free fall. Lost 4-0 last week to Brentford. It was 4-0 after 35 minutes. There's been a little bit of damage control in terms of Ten Hogg doing interviews this week with Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville. Saw Marcus Rashford did an interview with somebody and, you know, this constant discussion about Cristiano Ronaldo and is he going to leave the club? And so I'll be watching this game on Monday. You better believe it. Um, If, man united loses to liverpool and especially if man united just gets hammered by liverpool which i think is a real possibility man you'd have to think we might see some real changes at united i don't even think by the way that eric ten Hag is um a certainty to finish this season i think it's a very precarious situation right now at manchester united curious to see if The Glazers are on hand for this game at Old Trafford because if they are, I could see them being heckled, catcalled, anything. I it's I'm a little surprised, as I mentioned to Chris last week, that they didn't media outlets from England didn't uh, send people over to Tampa this week to doorstep the Glazers and the parking lot like they've done a couple times over the years but the Premier League season so far has totally delivered there's just stuff happening every match day in multiple games it's great I love it and the ingredients are there for something like that to happen again with Man United Liverpool on Monday so come to grantwall.com I'll probably have a three thoughts on that that game and there'll be more to discuss Happy birthday, Chris Whittingham. Hope you've enjoyed it. He'll be back with us next Monday, uh, this Thursday. We've basically gone to uh, Thursday's podcast episodes. Our interviews in the Monday episodes are discussing the news of the weekend. That may change a little bit once Champions League gets going, but we'll see. And that is all for me. I hope you get a, you have a great start to your week. This podcast episode is produced by Chris Whittingham. Thank you for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I want to thank Chris. Hope he has a great week. You can now sign up for a free or paid subscription to my newsletter at grantwall.com. The best way to support my work is by taking out a paid subscription. See you next time.